oh my gosh, you're the sweetest. You know how I know that? Because you, dear listener, are starting at episode one, and that's something nice people do. So can I offer you a suggestion? It's a request, really. I'd love to invite you to at least skip ahead to the 40s. The topics and sound quality are light years better. Or if skipping ahead makes your OCD eye twitch, you could try listening to the most recent episode and go backwards. Each episode is different and promises to inspire your curiosity, so I know you'll love it. I just would like to offer some episodes that deliver content after I cut my teeth on the microphone. I'm really glad you're here. Take a look around and press play on whatever grabs your attention. And as always, keep it curious. This is Meredith For Real, The Curious Introvert, and I'm Meredith. I explore the questions people think but don't ask out loud, either because they're taboo or thanks to cultural hypnosis. My mission, and yours if you choose to accept it, is to inspire curiosity by exploring the nuance and paradox of our world. Each episode is different, so bring your ADD and your earbuds and have a look around. Big thanks to our location sponsor, Court of DeLuna, Pensacola's newest event space, and to Delta Life Fitness in Pace, Florida, the 30-minute women's group fitness plan you can actually stick with. She grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, got her bachelor's degree in marine biology from the University of West Florida. She was one of 43, because I counted, individuals selected to be a part of the Leadership Pensacola class 2020 and currently the executive director of Keep Pensacola Beautiful, an environmental nonprofit in Pensacola, Florida. Fearless socializer, toilet paper tube recycler. (laughs) Alligator lover, sacred soul guide. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. And welcome to Corda de Luna. Yeah. Awesome. Where we met. This is where we met. Yeah. Origin story. So we were at a networking event. Awkward. You're not awkward, but I always feel a bit awkward at those things. I'm like, I have to go make a friend. And like if the uh, most awkward person in the room, I'm like, I'm going to go be their friend. Aww. I don't know what it is. I'm like, hey, I'm Sigrid. You know, I just like, and I wasn't always like that. You just now have to I'll develop know. this. Yes, that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But now I'll know when, if we're at a networking event again, I'm going to watch who you go to and be like, she thinks that person's awkward. <laughs> yes. Secrets <laughs> uh. <Secrets> out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, wait a minute. Does that mean you think I was awkward? I think I just ran into you guys. Literally, you were with um, Essential Oils girl. Kari. Kari. Uh And I literally was looking at the raffle prizes or the the drawing prizes. And I like turn around and you guys are right there. So it's just, yeah. And then you were like, hey. And you said, I'm Sigrid Solgard. And I was like, (laughs) are you from the Midwest? And then that was, it was. That was when I knew I liked you. That was it. Mm -hmm. Boom. Winning. (laughs) (laughs) So I was surprised that you haven't been at, um. Keep Pensacola very long. Keep Pensacola beautiful very long. Yeah. Um, since 2016. That's so whatever that is. Almost yeah. four years. Three and a half years. Yeah. 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 Which is awesome. Thanks. But you're like the variety of stuff like we were talking before we got mm-hmm. started that you've done is a lot. Yeah. And I was surprised that you were homeschooled. Like I feel like yeah. I've learned so much about you oh already. My gosh. I've had, I, I mean, I feel like I can, I'm allowed to say this, but like I've had a very eclectic life so far which is probably why we get along right yeah exactly yeah eclectic that's Mm -hmm. a good word I know yeah Yeah. so 
when did you always want to work for a nonprofit because your degrees in marine biology? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was, I, yeah, um, kind of fell into it, honestly. Um, you know, for the longest time, well, okay. So the ocean obsession kind of evolved over the years. So like I actually did film school in Minneapolis. So I, I actually started film school a month after I turned 17. Oh, so I was that's the youngest. Yeah. So, you know, dual enrollment for high school students. I did that before they made the regulation where high school students could only take a certain number of credit hours. Mm -hmm. So I got my whole associate's degree for free because they didn't put any limitations on you. So you were in public school from little to 10. So I was in a a private school called called Waldorf School. Oh, okay. um, Which is a very, it's like a European dude who formed this curriculum and brought it over to the States. And it's very like they integrate nature into literally everything. (laughs) Yeah. Did you get, go to an outside kindergarten? We were outside quite a lot. Yeah. It wasn't completely outside, but yeah. So we did a lot of nature stuff. I mean, now looking back, I can kind of see how I ended up where I am because it was just like <laughs> from the beginning, you know, I was just like, okay, so this is a great example. Um, in first grade, um, they have a class called handwork where you literally everybody, boys, girls, doesn't matter. Everybody learns to knit and crochet. Um, and the first day of handwork, I remember they gave us these wooden dowels and we went outside to sharpen them into points on the sidewalk in first grade. In first grade, they handed you knives and set you outside. No dowels, wooden dowels. You know those little just right. rods. But yeah. how do you sharpen them on the sidewalk? Oh, you literally just scrape them on the sidewalk until they form a point, uh-huh. and those are your knitting needles. <gasps> yeah. What? Which I mean, no one would ever do that now. Let no. kids make things into points. No. Mm-mm. So that's that was a great example of like the the hands-on quality of the education there at Waldorf School. So I did that through age 10. Uh-huh. And then I was homeschooled age 10 to age, I guess, 18, technically, because, yeah. well, okay, and then I went to school in there. I went to school for ninth grade and 10th grade. Okay. And then I was homeschooled again for 11th grade and 12th grade so that I could go to college full-time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. So. I'm just sort of like, I was, I'm comparing myself ah. is what it, what's happening up in here. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, that was <clears throat> not my life. Cause even though it was Nebraska, mm-hmm. I mean, you were in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. so that's, you got a lot of really cool resources yes. there. Um, in Plattsmouth, Nebraska, we do not, <laughs> or maybe they do now. Yeah. But back then it was just more of a typical, you know, river town. And we, on the weekends, we went and shot beer cans at the river. Nice. And it was great. I loved yeah. all that. You know, dad would take me in the Roadrunner and nice. he would floor it and don't tell mom. Right. <laughs> yeah. In, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, they don't do guns there. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> they just don't like guns. In Minneapolis? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go north Minnesota. Like- oh, no, no. Guns were like. Thanksgiving, for example, yeah. that was, um, it was kind of a tradition. It was yeah. really cool. The cousins um, would get the guns out <laughs> and we would go in the backyard, which, yes, was a cornfield. Right. And oh, yeah. we would sure. shoot things and then yeah. we would get the bow and arrow and we would, you know, do that. And nice. yeah, it was, it was really cool. You must have great aim. 
It's not bad. It's been a really long time. Yeah. So, but I was in high school when the Littleton, Colorado shootings happened. Oh. And so that really affected my sentiment towards guns, although I'm, you know, I'm yeah. s- still think it's important to have gun yeah. rights. But right. Yeah. I, I'm sort of like less enthusiastic now. Right. Because that was, yeah. you know, right when we were in high school. So it right. was, and it was, you know, right next door in Colorado. Right. True. So, Anyway. Yeah, that was a big deal. So back to your schooling. So yeah. you went to film school. Right. And what made you decide to go to film school? Um, so growing up, I loved making movies on our little home movie camera. Yeah. I just did that all the time. My friend and I even made like a stop motion movie. What? Yeah. Like out with of clay? These little, well, they were like these little wooden dolls. And we would literally start and stop the camera. It was tape, you know. Mm-hmm. We would start and stop the camera and then move, you know, move it to the next thing and then start it. And, like, we would narrate, you know, we would kind of say the lines of these little wooden dolls. We were literally doing an actual story. It was called A Hidden Magic, and it's a kid's book. And so we were, like, reading this book as we were, yeah. So by starting and stopping the tape that many times, the tape stretched out and literally just came apart when you, like, tried to play it on the VCR. Aww. I know. That's it. But yeah, so we were just making movies and I loved like the composition of things, you know, putting together Mm -hmm. a shot. Um, That was the part that I loved. And then I learned, I went to film school and I learned that you have to be an absolute gearhead. Oh. Tech nerd. Yeah. (laughs) No offense, guys. No offense, offense, boys. (laughs) Um, Which is why they're here. Exactly. And I so admire people who do that because I just couldn't get into it. And I, there was, you know, technology was evolving so fast. And then like the people who I went to school with were like that. Yeah. And then they'd be like, have you seen the, the, this lens that just came out? And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, I I couldn't keep up. So Um, there were obviously these defined roles that people over the two years of film school, people kind of fell into their niche. Yeah. And I just did not have a niche. Um, except now looking back, I have a niche for sure. And I kind of wish that I had kept on that track a little bit. There's like some remorse there cause I would love to do set design and construction. And I was doing that for a little bit and I just thought that I wanted to be behind a camera. So I was kind of fighting it a little bit. And now looking back, I'm like, that's actually what I liked. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, I could see. I'm not an early adapter. <clears throat> yeah, right. <laughs> when it comes to technology, we yeah. were, my husband and I went to the bank the other day and uh, the the manager there, she had a um, docking station for her computer. And I have a tower, like it mm. is a computer, yeah. like a tower. And right. it's large and clunky with a mouse with a cord. And right. there's like, yeah, n- nothing it's old. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Garrett's like, I think you need a docking station like that. And I was like, oh, that's a docking station. Right. And he's like, it's okay. You didn't know. Came yeah. out in like 2002. Why would you right. know that? And I'm no. like, shut up. <laughs> it was too recent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was yesterday. Right. Yeah. So then from the film school, mm-hmm. not feeling like a tech person. Right. Okay. So there. Yeah. Sorry. The segue from film school to marine biology was yeah. that I, I, my, I thought that my niche would be underwater videography. <gasps> and so I tried that for a little bit too, and just couldn't be the gearhead technical person that I need to be for that either. And then I was like, well, I just really love the ocean. Like, I think I just want to, you know, scuba dive and not worry about a camera, yeah. you know, I'll just do this yeah. cause I like it and not worry about trying to get jobs filming things underwater. Right. And so, and then, um, 
I took a year after I graduated with my associates, I took a year off to work in film in Minneapolis. And then during that time, I was kind of looking for a four-year school Mm -hmm. to kind of finish my film degree. And I applied to some, I am very proud of the fact that I got into the San Francisco Art Institute, which there's only like 200 students. Yeah, I was very impressed with myself, but I couldn't afford that. So um, I, I had applied to other art schools and they were exclusive art schools. And by the time I wanted to go to a four-year school, I was like, well, maybe I don't want to do art. Um, and so UWF happened to be one of the schools that I applied to that wasn't an art school. Yeah. Um, and I went and visited and I was like, wow, I love this campus. Yeah. And um, I was like, yeah, I'll go here and just do something else. And then it was marine biology. That's so cool. Yeah. That is so funny. So I... I draw and paint and do all that stuff. When I was in Nebraska, my bedroom was covered in um, pictures from an encyclopedia. Nice. We didn't have the whole thing, but F was one we had. So it was a lot of fish. Nice. And so I had these pictures of different fish and then all the seashells that I collected from vacationing here with my family laid out along with some rocks Mm -hmm. and when people came over to see my mom Mm -hmm. i went to grab their hand and escort them to the my museum right and make give them a probably excruciatingly long tour that's awesome i actually remember you telling me that yeah that is so adorable yeah i bet they thought it was really cute nerd level 5000 yeah and then when i was in uh high school i took art Mm -hmm. and my teacher miss cardisco said, you're so talented, but you're so slow. Oh. And I was like, that's accurate. And so. Well, why does it matter if you're slow? Because I couldn't finish assignments. Oh. So I was like, I'm not going to go to college for art. Because it was kind of in the back of my mind as well. Right. Um, never the film thing, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I auditioned for stuff, but I got so, I was so scared. Yeah. So nervous. And I would just be a big ball of nerves and sing off tune and forget things and right so that didn't last long which is funny now yeah considering I do all that stuff all the time I know but uh so I I also loved the ocean it was like I'm gonna be a marine biologist yeah which why that cracks me up (laughs) couldn't pass math or science class like not a single class and I was like you want me to measure listen I just want to know the names of the animals right yeah why am I measuring I know I I am in your same boat I was never good at math Never, ever. But in high school, the one year of high school that I did go to, um, you know, everybody wanted to be my partner in biology because oh. I was just the best. But and not you, math. <laughs> you like teamwork, group work? Oh, no, no, no. Me neither. No. Um, yeah, it was kind of frustrating that everybody wanted to be my partner. But um, there was something that you said that reminded me of something else, and now I can't remember what it was. We were eventually working up to your decision to... Oh, going back pre pre film school, I was a huge theater nerd all throughout homeschooling. So th- that was like what we did, the Minneapolis homeschoolers. And there were a lot of us, which a lot of people is, are confused about because they're like, how did you make friends? Like, no. how are you so social? Like, that was the question I got all the time.
Hey everyone, it's time to take a quick minute and show gratitude to our sponsors who make this show possible and give you some special offers. Delta Life is Ladies Group Fitness in Pace, Florida, and I've been a member since 2016. I get bored super easy and I'm great at talking myself out of exercise, like expert level 5,000. So having a class to show up that's different every time has been winner, winner, chicken dinner for me. And with it just being 30 minutes, there's really no reason not to go. Plus, they do fun social stuff like Christmas pajama parties, little black dress events, and challenges. You can get your first class free to try it out. You can even come with me. There's no annual contract. It's all fitness levels, free childcare. Plus, if you mention the Meredith For Real podcast on your first visit, you'll get a free five-pack of classes so you can really see if you like it. Check them out at deltalifefitness.com. And also thank you to Court of DeLuna Event Space. I freaking love this place. We shoot the show in the groom's room, which is complete with a pool table and all of the awesome memorabilia in the background that you see when we're shooting. But there is also a bride's room with five individual lighted vanities. Big deal if you're getting ready with your bridal party. There's a huge indoor space and outdoor courtyard with jumbo jenga and checkers. The whole place can do events for up to a thousand people and it's in downtown Pensacola. There's an on-site coordinator and I'll tell you, she did my wedding, so she's the real deal. You've got to see all their pictures of the cool events they've done and the community events that they have coming up. It's not just weddings. It's car shows, corporate events, 80s theme, New Year's party, masquerade ball. You can see everything on their Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Court of DeLuna. And it's like, well, I'm hardly ever at home. Yeah. <laughs> like, as a homeschooler, you're not limited to going to school. So you can literally do whatever you want. Yeah. Which was really cool. And so all the homeschoolers in Minneapolis, they had this theater group that was just for homeschool kids. And so twice a year, we would put on plays of like a winter play and a spring play. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I did plays with youth group. Nice. So, yeah. And I, they had to trick me into certain parts because I was so nervous. Really? Like I got this part. And they said, uh, oh, by the way, this is like halfway through production or whatever, like getting ready to come up to the day. Yeah. You're going to sing two solos. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, what? Mm-hmm. And then you had no choice at that I point. No choice. And I sang it really off key um, the first or the, one of the times. And yeah. I didn't know that it was off key. Um because, you know, it's kind of like an out-of-body experience. A little bit. And uh, people were coming up to me, consoling me, and that's how I knew I was off-key. Isn't oh. that bad? They were like, you, it's, it's okay. Yeah. You were a blessing. It's okay. And I was like, what's okay? <laughs> oh, I, I did great, I right? sounded like a dying cat. That's what's okay. <laughs> right, okay, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So then, so you got mm-hmm. the job at Key Pensacola Beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of the things that you were proud of was turning around a nonprofit. Was that the nonprofit you were turning around? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know <laughs> if I've ever told you the story. No. Where to begin? Um, so Key Pensacola Beautiful has been around for 40 years. What? Yeah. So we were founded in 1979. Um, and it, at that time, you know, people were just littering like it, there was no tomorrow. You know, like hmm. it was just really trashy. You probably wouldn't recognize Pensacola under all the piles of trash that they had, you That's know. Sad. So, um, that and then there was that shift happening, mm-hmm. you know, where people were really focused on environmental stuff and 
you know, having a beautiful place to live. So I'm pretty sure it was that commercial in the eighties of yeah, the, the native American. Indian. Yeah. That's what they call them. Yeah. The crying Indian. Yeah. It made an impact. There was also a commercial about a fish drowning because we were taking all his water while brushing our teeth and that hurt, oh. hurt my feelings. And I was like, <gasps> I didn't know that. And so one. I was like the police in my house. Like I was like the enviro police. Right. Turn off that water. Oh, absolutely. Um, are we recycling that? Yeah. Meredith, we don't have recycling in our town. Well, let's drive it. Yeah. To the next town. Uh, give it to me. I'm going to make an art project. Yep. Which I never did. So my room looked like <laughs> just uh, a garbage can. A <laughs> uh, uh, recycling center. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so, so yeah, the 80s turned things around. Yeah. And they they wanted to form this group. You know, um, we were originally called the Pensacola Escambia Clean Community Commission. Mistake number one. Yeah. So we were called that for a while. Um, They did a lot of good things. I don't, not a lot is known about the history of our organization. So I've just pieced this together. Yeah. We, I mean, there were, there were records kept, um, but not, not great ones. Yeah. Um, So that's part of, you know, when I have time someday, I would like to go through all of our historical documents and kind of try and piecemeal everything together. Well, maybe somebody listening will know. Yeah. Well, you run into a lot of people um, who are like, oh, I used to be on the board. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, what can we have? Tell me. Yeah. And they just they don't really have much to say about it, which is weird. That is weird. Um, But a lot of nonprofits are not organized. No, they're not. So that's why I was so impressed when I met you, because you're not only you're good at making people want to participate. Oh, good. Which is the goal. And so um, I wanted to ask you about that. So. Because I'll, and especially in the environmental world, there's so much like everyone picks a team. I'm mm-hmm. like, literally, we're on the same planet. Mm-hmm. There's no team. There's one team. Yeah, it's called We Live Here. Yeah, so exactly. <laughs> it's not a political issue. You need to start your own nonprofit <laughs> called We All Live Here. Called Pick Up Your Trash. Right. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> it's gonna be a real direct message. Yeah. Um, but see, even me saying that is like kind of divisive because I'm like, hey, you pick up your trash. You know, right. like finding a reason to get angry with somebody right but you're so it's like the um uh tom sawyer mm-hmm. right like painting the fence right and that's what you do which is we do yeah we do things yeah and then like literally it's our staff who does things yeah like in january of this year we planted 40 trees that's amazing and most of it was us planting the trees you know like we we try and recruit volunteers but yeah. um well, and I'll get to that more later, but like a lot of the time we've struggled getting volunteers because no one wants to pick up trash. No. So what advice would you give someone who is trying to rally for their cause? And it's mm-hmm. a cause similar to environmental awareness where it easily becomes yeah. us versus them. I, for me, it's all about just leading by example. I mean, you just, like I said, you have to do it. Yeah. And then, um, kind of, I don't know. For us, we just demonstrate that it's easy. You know, it's yeah. not hard. We're not asking you to alter your entire lifestyle and, yeah. um, you know, stop buying the things that you need on a daily basis because, you know, whatever. So I don't know, just leading by example and making t- it look fun, making it look fun and yeah. easy and trendy because and well, trendy. it is. I mean, it's all about making it look trendy. It's so true. Yeah. FOMO. It is. Environmental FOMO. Exactly. I love that. <laughs> So I have some real tips on how to get people on board with your cause. Mm -hmm. So tell me what you think of these and chime in. Okay. The first one was, when it comes to social change, be Tom Sawyer, 
not for protesters. Because, you know, the fur protesters, they're a little extra. Yeah. They're why we can't have nice things. Exactly. Um, loud and proud prote- protesters make the news. Shaming people's choices makes you feel good short term, but creating uh, yeah. enthusiasm is contagious. And right. really, that's what sales Exactly. Is. You have to be a good salesperson. Yeah, exactly. And then number two, look for ways to allow people to be part of your cause without being 100% in. Yeah. Well, okay, so for us, literally, was that your last one? No. Okay, because I was going to just go off on a, a thing there. <laughs> on a tangent? Yeah, so like, okay, read that again. So allow, look for ways to allow people to be a part of your cause without being 100% in. Yes, okay, so literally everything to do with environmentalism and just like everything else is all interconnected. It is. And so for us, one of our biggest struggles has been finding ways to to show other people that they do actually care or it's like connected to something that they already care about. Mm. Um, So just drawing those connections for people is, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) It's important. I just teared up. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't tell. I'm like, she's choking or she's Mm -mm. tearing up. That's something that happens to me. I get like a weird, I like inhale and just dry throat automatically. You choke on your own spit. It's cool. Yeah, I do too. No, just the air, literally. Just choke on the air. It is everywhere. Let's try that again. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, um, we just help people draw connections to yeah. things that they care about. That's so good because and, it, they may not jump onto your cause 100%. <clears throat> right. But they they can be part of the team by yeah the, the toilet paper tube. Yeah. Recycling your toilet paper tube. Like yeah. that is so, you know, it sticks with me and- I guess weirdly, I think of you every time. That's great. <laughs> See, I want that to happen. I know because nobody thinks to do that. Yeah, it's great. I never. I mean, I've only been doing that for a couple of years. You know, I I'm never like, oh, this it. is cardboard. I recycle all other cardboard, but just the toilet paper tube yeah. is in the bathroom, so it goes in the trash can in the bathroom. Right. Nope. It does help to have a small house because yeah. I, you know, my recycle bin is like boop right over yeah, there. Yeah, right. So there. it's easy. across from your toilet. <laughs> Not far. <laughs> you can come over sometime, okay. and I'll show you. <laughs> so number three was investigate with open ears and a closed mouth. What makes people resistant to your movement? Ask yourself, what would I need to change my mind about this if I felt like they did? Hmm. So putting yourself in the shoes of people that are triggered by a recycle sign or the straw. negatively? Yeah, like the straw thing. I've seen some people kind of go overboard the other Mm -hmm. way. Yeah, for sure. I don't understand. This is, it's a straw. Well, Um, the cup is clean. Right. Just don't touch it. You're an adult. You don't need a sippy cup. And I'm drinking out of a sippy (laughs) Sippy cup. cup. Literally, a turvis is a southern sippy cup. It is a southern sippy cup. And you're not southern until you have a turvis. I should just take this lid off to prove a point. You know, just drink from the drink Get from it. Wild and crazy. But so people are like, well, like why straws? Like that's not the most important thing. Like yeah. we should be doing so much more. And it's like, well, yeah, but this is a great place to start. It is. Because it's an unnecessary use of plastic. Yeah. You know, and I think it's an option. It's back to, you know, point number two <clears throat> of looking for ways that you can be a part of the team without necessarily being a full convert. Exactly. You can kind of well, go, just, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to substitute this and this, make these little tweaks so right. that I can feel, basically so we can feel good about ourselves. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with that. No. And I mean, we're con- we're 
no matter what we do, we're always going to be throwing out massive amounts of trash. And it's like, might as well just cut down on a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, whether it goes in the ocean or the landfill, you know, like we're going to run out of landfill space eventually. Mm -hmm. To the moon, Alice. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So number four or number, yeah, four is ask questions. Embrace I don't know over hand me down answers. Be open and give answers. Always cultivate curiosity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we accidentally have those hand me down beliefs of. Right. And they're not even like that deep. They're not always just beliefs. They're just habits like throwing away something that you can recycle or um, using less of something. Um, But I think progress is part of my like core values. And it's actually, uh, thankfully, also what makes me really happy is progress. I loved if I'm not progressing in something, I get really stir crazy. Mm -hmm. So learning other people's perspective is part of progress. And I think we can all benefit from that. Absolutely. So as we wrap up, tell people where they can find you on social media. Yeah. So, um, well, Keep Pensacola Beautiful is on all the social media platforms. So just search Keep Pensacola Beautiful and you'll probably find us. Our website is keeppensacolabeautiful.org. And we do love volunteers. You know, we don't always want to plant the trees by ourselves (laughs) so we love volunteers and just if we have some time i'll go over like what kind of volunteer opportunities we have so we do pick up a lot of trash i mean people still do love to do that i'm I'm not putting a blanket statement on everybody saying they hate picking up trash it's strangely fun it's really because it's an instant gratification thing it's dopamine hit yeah because you're like wow this looks completely different from when i just started yeah it's something that you can see immediately but the downside of that is that they get tired of doing the same thing in the same place every single week you know because they're like wow i just picked this up last week like and now it's completely trashed again so that's where it comes in like the fatigue kind of sets in but um we also this past year um started this program called paint your heart out um, and that is a beautification initiative so we have accepted nominations from the community um, and we're trying to assist you know elderly disabled um you know veterans single parents you know people who need a little extra help beautifying the exterior of their home um you know that's cool um, that's a great way to connect the people with the environmental cause yeah for sure and it you know we we are about community building too and quality of life um quality of life is literally in our mission statement so um we want people to come out and meet their neighbors you know who they've never met before and form those connections um so volunteer to help paint someone's house with us yeah yeah that's cool. So they can find all those volunteer opportunities on the website. Yep. On the website, okay. on Facebook. Um, yep. Cool. I didn't even get into the actual story of the transformation of the organization. I guess that's an episode oh for gosh. another time. We'll have to do like part two. Part two. Part two to be continued. Or yeah. people could come volunteer with you. And then just hear it. And it could be. But we don't want to tell that sacred. story. We don't want to tell that no. story. Because we're Every trying time. to move on from that. Okay. You know. We we have been known as the trash organization for so long. Like like the sanitation company. And now we're trying to be known as the beautification company. So yeah. we are trying to do this transformation. And talk about that yeah instead of like the process we want to talk about where we're at now that's good okay but i would share with you well maybe we'll uh well yeah we'll have to do some sort of like 
mini sewed of sharing yes. or something. So there we go. Thank you so much. That Thanks is a wrap for having me. Yeah, high five, girl. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends and leave a review. You can also watch the episodes on YouTube. There's hidden curious caches in each episode, and the first two people to find them win a prize. So be sure to get my emails for clues and other insider perks at meredithforreal.com.